0: Everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Building Faith Podcast. My name is Richard Goff, and I'm glad to have you joining us. We are actually entering into episode 16 of our Building Faith Podcast, which uh, more specifically is another episode in our series on the providence of God. And actually, it's a bit of a transition episode because we're going to be also using this to uh, spring forward into a new series on prayer. So, This episode, we're going to take up the subject with our teaching pastor at Faith Community Church, Shane Kohler, and discussing the intersection between God's providence and working out all things according to the counsel of his will, and prayer, where we're engaged in that process as well. I also want to invite you to listen at the end to an update on our Building Faith project, and that'll come at the conclusion of our time and our discussion with Pastor Shane. Hope you enjoy. All right, Shane, so we're back together in the official Building Faith studio, this grand complex of... Yeah, we need to come up with a name for this uh, studio, which is your office. We need... Yeah, that's right. <laughs> my, my office, which is the Building Faith studio. I was thinking it would be great to get some kind of big major sponsor, you know, so like SunTrust Park, we could, I don't know, come up with a... Or Susie's Lemonade Stand. There you go. There you go. But no it's good to be back uh again uh together in our podcast and i'm gonna start with a, a question that might help in introducing uh where we're gonna go the rest of the time obviously uh we're we're in a season where we continue to see rain uh we have these it's almost like we have spots of clearing uh surrounded by seasons of rain and of course as we've been talking about um building our our church facility as as part of this and also talking about the providence of God and and we're transitioning into a discussion on prayer. I wonder how should we be praying in light of God's providence about the rain that we really need to stop so that our contractors can get back out on the property and start the project again? So I just a question came to me and I'm like, I don't know if you're ready to deal with that, but it's certainly a question about mm. prayer and providence. So
1: Yeah, that's uh that goes right to the heart of what is uh, such a difficult thing for people when it comes to thinking about the providence of God, and uh, you might say our participation in, uh, in what God is doing, uh, because he calls us to pray. Over and over again he calls us to pray, uh, and yet we're told at the same time that God's uh, you know, controlling all of those events, and, and in many ways they're wrapped up in the Infinite mind of God, I mean he knows he knows uh, whose crops are dry and who needs rain and who needs to build and yeah. all those other things. We don't presume to know any of that stuff. Uh, we just have to step back and recognize his goodness, but it it does kind of uh, if you will kind of put you at the fulcrum point of of this tension between god's. Providence and sovereignty and goodness and all that on one side that we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks, and then our, uh, you know, our participation and we really spent some time talking about this last week uh, in in terms of concurrence. You know how we are working and meeting and all that other stuff, and yet God's working through that. But there's a, and I mentioned last week those are sort of the natural means through which God normally works by providence but there is one supernatural mean uh means that he calls us to which is prayer mm. and and that is also sort of woven into if you will this entire fabric you know, people wonder when we start talking about the providence of god and we talk about the sovereignty of god and and how god gives us what we need in our due season and all those wonderful things psalm 145 and the promises that are there People wonder why we should pray. I mean, Jesus himself says in the Sermon on the Mount, your Father already knows what you need before you ask. Yeah. And so this is in the back of people's minds. You know, why, if God already knows, and God is good, and, we, and we're supposed to, you know, kind of not doubt that, we're supposed to trust that, then um, it might actually lead us to not be very prayerful. But that would be leading us in the wrong direction, the wrong conclusion. Uh, to draw from all of this, because God actually commands us to pray over and over again, even though he never backs away from this uh, element of God's sovereignty. I, One of my favorite passages, one of the most overlooked passages, I think, on prayer is in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, when Paul, in verse 8, was talking about, talking about afflictions that he went through, and he says, you know, we were burdened uh, Beyond our own strength, even to the point of despairing of life itself. Indeed, he says in verse 9, we felt we had received the sentence of death. But that was to make us not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. So here he, whatever kind of trials and tribulations he was in, I mean, he reached the point, you know, today's, you know, people might call it suicidal. Mm. I mean, he reached that point where he was despairing of life. I'm probably days he wanted to kind of close himself in and not go out and you know face the world he says though but all of this was to make us bring us down to the point where we're no longer relying on ourselves but simply on God and he goes on to talk about in verse 10 how God delivered us and he will deliver us and and we've set our hope on him to deliver us again so he's got all that sort of background trial struggle all that and and then he turns to the Corinthians And he shifts to the second person and begins to talk directly to them. He says, you also must help us by prayer. So he's talking about God and God's deliverance and everything God's going to do and his hope in God. I mean, it's got this big God picture view. And then he turns around and says, "But, but, but you need to help us, which is just phenomenal. But this is, this is, he actually gives the reason. He says, you, mu- you must help us in prayer so that many will give thanks on our behalf for the blessing granted to us through the prayers of many. So he's got some sort of this, this inclusive view of prayer where he's saying that, yeah, well, God's going to deliver us, and God's going to do this, and I'm confident in all that, but you pray. Because when God does deliver us, it's actually gonna magnify the thanksgiving. It's gonna magnify the the uh the praise, it's gonna magnify everything when God does answer the prayer, hmm. which is is just a, a phenomenal perspective. And and you see it over and over again. Uh Elijah, you know, prophesies confidently, boldly that God's going to not send rain and then send rain. You know, James <laughs> even picks this up and talks about his faith. But then If you look at the text itself in the scripture, the the event taking place, and Elijah is praying, buries his face in his knees, prays seven times, and looks up. And uh, it's, you know, sends his servant, you remember, to see if he can see anything on the horizon, doesn't see something, buries his face back in his knees, looks up over and over and over again until finally the servant sees a little cloud like a finger. You know, out on the horizon, and uh, you know Elijah basically says, "Well, run!" You know, like the (laughs) rain's coming. Uh, That that's just a a tremendous story. But here's a guy who had no problem declaring God's providence and sovereignty, and yet felt the need to participate in that by repeated, almost, you might even say, anxious prayer. You Mm know, he wasn't just lifting up, you know, some little prayer ditty. I mean, he was burying his face in his knees. That's fervent prayer, uh, which is exactly you know what James talks about. So
0: I, I, I'm not answering your question, I know, but that's interesting to think about it in this way. Though you mentioned this tension, and I I think that um, that we sort of create that tension, don't we? I mean, if we, uh, I'm not saying that there's not in some ways an objective tension there. I, I guess there you could argue that, but really, if we confine or make sure that our thinking is fully informed by Scripture and not the counsel of men or not some you know, over, over-inflated view of our own rationality or our own intellect, if we confine our thinking, if our thinking is fully informed by what we see revealed in Scripture, there really is no tension there. It's just truth, right? Yes. Uh, I mean, it's just you're, truth.
1: You're, you're hitting right at, where the scripture goes which is the fact that prayer is more for us than it is for God. Mm. I mean God does know everything that we need and God does fulfill his promises and he is good. And he does tell us that God, you know, uh, that we're to pray in in light of all those things and you pick up the sense this is really for us and and I, I kind of just listed out six purposes or six reasons for prayer in light of what we know about God's providence. The first one kind of being, you know, what I was already mentioning, which is participation. When we participate in what God is doing, Paul called the Corinthians, he called the Romans, Romans 15:30, the Philippians, the Colossians, the Ephesians, in all those different letters, he calls on the church to pray in order to participate together in what he is doing. And we know that when God answers those prayers and God works through the Apostle Paul or through whoever, that, th- those things result in eternal rewards. That's just the that's just what's laid out to us in Scripture. We'll all stand before God at a bema seat, and and First uh, Corinthians three is very clear. You know, we will receive eternal rewards. Some of them, our activities will be burned up, but some of them will be like, you know, um, uh, gold and, and silver tools, and precious yeah. metals. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know we don't fully understand all that that's going to look like but we understand that the concept is clear there and so when we when we engage in prayer we actually are engaging in what god is doing it's very similar to evangelism and we we trust that god has chosen those that he loves from eternity past but he's given us the opportunity to open our lips and to proclaim you know the the gospel of his love everywhere we go and as he uses us as instruments we participate in together what he's doing in saving souls but we 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 reap the benefits yeah so that that would be you know at the forefront of why you pray is is participation but uh i want to name another one and again this kind of was embedded in your comments a minute ago and that is accountability hmm. a lot of people don't think about this but one of the key reasons, or one of the key things that happen when we pray, is we have to sort of parade all of our desires before God, and we have to be forced to, you know, uh, to to grapple with whether or not it's a godly desire.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's one thing to kind of cherish something uh, secretly over here in your heart that you really want. But then to have to go into God's throne room, and you know, sort of face to face, talk to Him and say, "God, this is what I want." I mean, you you shrink back in shame, yeah. Whenever you begin to imagine what those things are, and, and so you, you know, you were talking about sort of bringing your thinking in line with biblical truth. That's really what you're doing, uh, so many times when you're praying. It's a purifying process. Yeah. It's intended to be that way, and so. We need to pray for for that reason, because otherwise our hearts begin to run wild with all kinds of desires. We am, we know God's good, but we begin to conflate that 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 concept with all kinds of of things that are not according to His will, and um, and so praying aligns us with with the Word of God in a very very
0: uh, powerful way. Yeah, I think of this. I think of the discussion that we had about. Um... Some of the mystical leanings in thinking about the providence of God. I mean, you certainly find this in in the area of prayer, where the sort of the the mystical pray for the things that you are entitled to, um, in that mystical sort of spiritual domain. Uh, they're usually material things. They're usually things that would satisfy me materially on this earth, really enrich me in some way. Um. And and going before the Lord, in recognition of who He is truly, uh, it should temper that kind of attitude and prayer. Yeah, uh, accountability brings uh, you know
1: it it brings about maturity and it brings about purity and it brings about that tempering. You know, on a sort of earthly level, we uh, hopefully we do this naturally as parents. Um, You know, we, uh, I know in our home, we really encourage our kids not to go in their rooms and lock their doors, certainly not to take electronic devices in there or anything. And uh, we're not necessarily restricting their activity. We're not giving them a list of do's and don'ts. We're just saying, participate in life together before us, you know, visibly, you know, whether it's. You know in a in, in our line of sight or just in the same kind of area where we are, and in so many ways, just by doing that, we don't have to get into the particulars of of uh, do this or don't do that because we just understand that when they have to account for whatever they're doing by means of us just seeing it, yeah, it's going to have a purifying influence in their life. it's the same thing with God, you know whenever uh, whenever we Go before him, it just has that influence. We are forced to grapple with, or, you know, whatever's in our heart, maybe even crucify, you know, what's in our heart. We've been asking God to, you know, make our child this, or make our boss this, or make our wife this, or our husband this, or make it not rain, (laughs)
0: whatever it is. Make it not rain so that the plan that we have will work out according to the plan. Or at least just on our little site. If you could draw a little circle and just keep that dry, you know. Uh,
1: you know, I'm not saying that it's never appropriate to sure. pray for weather, but I'm just saying that it forces you to to think about in a broader scope. Is that even a godly prayer?
0: Why? Why yeah. are you, why, why is that prayer flowing out of you? What Some, is the real motive there? So,
1: sometimes you go before God and you you start praying for rain, and then by the end time of you know you're, uh, by the time the prayer is done, you're praying for patience because you realize that's really what's lacking. Right? Not dry ground. So anyway, that you know, we so you kind of have participation and you kind of have accountability. Thirdly, I mean, we need to pray just for the sake of thankfulness. We just uh, become ungrateful sometimes. We get down in the dumps, we get depressed, we get uh sort of uh, wrapped up in self-pity because we have lost the connection in our minds, the correlation between all the stuff that we're receiving and God as the giver of it. So we start to focus on those two or three things that we don't have. Well, if you're if you're praying all the time, and lifting up your needs to the Lord, praying for your, you know, spouse and your children and your loved ones and your, you know, parents and all that every day, and then on top of that all the other stuff you're involved with, and then you begin to see God answering those prayers, well, you're just naturally grateful. Hmm you're not so focused on what you don't have, you're so focused on what God is give, is giving. So this is one of the reasons why we need to pray. Um, we're not manipulating God, but we're in very much instructing our own hearts. Thirdly, uh, kind of closely associated with that, would be just exaltation. Seeing God being convinced that he has answered our prayers leads us to just exalt him. Be, be, In other words, we'll be thinking about him more and more and more. So he is exalted in our minds. He's not sort of out of sight, out of mind. We're always putting him before our eyes, and therefore he is naturally lifted up. Uh, you know, fifthly, you could add to that humility, just constantly reminding ourselves of our own insufficiency, forced to, to ponder how we we rely on him for everything. You know, John Calvin says this is the place where all prayer must begin. Whether it is explicit or implicit, he says it's there in all of the psalms, this supposition of of the need for mercy. Mm-hmm. And it comes out, you know. And I think that's very much true. You you, you approach God and um you're almost immediately confronted with your own, um, smallness, mm-hmm. you know, your own, uh, incapabilities in light of everything that he is, well, that's a wonderful thing, you know, to be constantly, uh, constantly having to reflect on. And, uh, you know, I know, I know in my own, uh, life, you know, I, 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 I before I go and ask God or for anything or, or pray to God about anything, I almost am forced to kind of like Isaiah, I'm almost forced to say, "Woe is me," you know. Mm-hmm. Woe is me. Who am I to even be asking you this? And so it just develops this mentality of humility within you towards God, even towards other people. I might be I, I might be praying about somebody, and and what I'm struggling with, with with them, and then immediately before I even open my mouth, I'm thinking about, wait, God, you
0: were just dealing with this with me, you know this is countercultural even counter current christian cultural because um it's almost as though the idea of us seeing ourselves as we really are um is is not good we should we should have a we should not view ourselves as low mm. we should have more confidence we should be able to approach god more confidently and again i know we're called to approach the throne of grace with boldness but it doesn't imply that you approach the throne of grace without a clear recognition of the mercy that God is granting you to be able to even do that, and, and walking into that time of prayer with that appropriate posture of heart and mind. I, I think this is why,
1: in that great book of prayers, the Valley of Vision, it's why the very first one has gripped so many people, because the, uh, the writer says, teach me that the way up is the way down. Mm-hmm. He's just capturing so much of biblical truth that we, uh, in as much as we have a, a a kind of confidence, it ought to be confidence in God, not in ourselves. Right. And so we, we, what we're doing is laying aside self and clothing ourselves with Christ, and that gives us that kind of confidence. What you're talking about is is that worldly-mindedness that comes into so much of Christian culture where they're actually wanting people to have confidence in themselves or right. self-empowerment. It's hubris. Yeah, and you hear it, I mean, it's it's it, you know, if you are aware of it, you hear it in almost every song, almost every movie, you know, all this stuff that's being produced by the culture. It's just out there just just believe in yourself or just have faith in faith or you know whatever it expresses itself. You know, I'm going to roar like a lion, it's all about me, kind of coming out and being strong. Well, that's that's so not where God wants us to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, He wants us to be absolutely pulverized in front of Him, and that's what prayer does. It kind of gives you that humility. And I would say, uh, you know, finally, you know, you've got the participation, you've got accountability, you've got thankfulness, exaltation, humility, and then a sixth reason i would add for prayer is just love because we when we teach ourselves and train ourselves to to get accustomed to fleeing to god at every need it stokes the embers of our cold heart it sort of it sort of chisels away at the stoniness that's there and reignites a fire and zeal for god that might have been lost so, when you're not doing that, or probably more often what's happening is people have just kind of gotten into the pattern of perfunctory prayers. Mm-hmm. They're just reciting things that they've just kind of learned to recite at over a meal or maybe you know as they go to church or you know a few few words before they head off into the day they they're just perfunctory prayer, but what what we're talking about is that that sort of soul searching prayer where you you have to clear your mind of all the clutter and get down to the very, uh, you know, um, depth of your soul in in searching out God and searching out your desires. Well, when you do that and you bring yourself before God in a holy fashion, um, it renews and rekindles your love for him, which so many people, you know, go through their life missing. Yeah.
0: Missing. It's it's really sad. This perfunctory um, approach that you referenced. Yeah, you, know, you s- sent me some reading material from Calvin's Institutes on prayer, and he talks about that in there. And I'm telling you, when I read that, I I felt a real sting of conviction. Um, just really thinking about this whole subject and and the context of where that statement flowed out of, in, in the reading of how easy it is for even those who are really for all intents and purposes walking faithfully with the lord involved in the life of the, the church love the lord genuinely but in this area of prayer we can really easily uh, slip into these modes of just sort of perfunctory repetition i i mean he he even states that that reference of 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 a meal i believe and i i couldn't help but think of how perfunctory my blessings Around our dinner table can often be wrote in the same mm-hmm. and it that does not that does not express a genuine recognition before the Lord that He is indeed the provider of this meal, that His hand has made this possible. It's more of a perfunctory exercise to it's just what we do. You know, for some people, that's the longest prayer that they'll give all
1: day long. Mm. The one that they give over the dinner table, which is really sad. I mean, you cannot expect to have you know, spiritual progress in your life with with a life of just 2-minute prayers. You can't. Mm-hmm. At some point you have got to have that time uh each day where you really kind of clear everything out of your mind. It's not easy, but just really kind of focus in on the discipline of prayer, and, and, and take your soul, including all your desires and everything else, before the Lord. In fact, uh, maybe next podcast, uh, I'd love to just kind of explore that a little bit more, just kind of talk about how do you do that? What does the discipline of prayer look mm. like?
0: Oh, that'll be great. Well, it's been, again, another great time to be together and, and talking about these important things. I would just encourage everyone um, listening To stay tuned, we're going to provide a little bit of an update on our building project. But for now, uh, Shane, thanks again for kind of leading us through this discussion, and we'll look forward to our next time together. Looking forward to it. All right, well, thanks for hanging around for a brief Building Faith project update. Just want to let you know that we are in the final stages of completing our general contractor pre-qualification process, and we'll be uh, going from there to taking uh, our, our project out to bid and uh, really moving through that process to uh, finally select a general contractor who will really assist us in the final stages of design, as well as uh, value engineering the project and helping us to uh, drive toward a budget goal for the, for the work. Uh, also, uh, we have a really important work going on right now. Uh, Chris Lee is heading up the uh, lighting design and specification work for the project. And Of course, you go into any building, um, especially a building like this, and you understand how important the lighting is to uh, both its function as well as its look and feel. And so Chris is applying his expertise in the lighting industry to that work right now. We have a, a meeting coming up actually later this week. Uh, to kind of look at the work that he's been doing and also get together with some of our interior design folks, uh, Julie Barksdale and Betty Ann Horn, to talk about uh, the lighting as as a part of this overall um, look and feel of, of the building on the inside. Also, uh, we're in the process of working through the, for, the floor plan and the layout of the building, really evaluating uh, space use and flow and all the various ministry needs and requirements just trying to dial in the floor plan and make sure that uh, we are sort of allocating space and and anticipating space needs uh effectively uh for when we move into the building, so that's underway, and some really really helpful input and some great ideas have been uh, brought to the table for us to make a few tweaks to the floor plan to make better use of the space and make more efficient use of the space for our normal meeting times on sundays and also uh, I'm in the process of working through an updated financial package for our bank, and uh so please be in prayer for that uh, It's an important part of of the process as well, and so that will be kind of underway over the next several weeks and uh we'll be working through that process to make sure we put all the pieces together for um the construction uh part of the project that hopefully will get underway uh this summer uh don't have any words specifically yet, and in terms of update on work on the site, as you know, we've been kind of enduring a little more rain. And uh, that certainly uh, has an effect on uh, when they can mobilize with their large equipment to begin uh, the rest of the site work. So we'll keep you posted when we get uh, more information on that. But hopefully we'll, we're still in that March window when that work will begin and uh, we'll, we'll start to see more activity on the site. As I said, continue to visit the Building Faith website at buildingfaith.church. And uh, I will be pr- providing some updated content there uh, for the month of March. Thanks for tuning in, guys, and I hope you have a great uh, rest of the week.